0: So last time, uh, I think we left off And we talked about the end of the the story of of Moses And uh, we spent several weeks with Moses uh, and Harun And at the end of Moses' life uh, Harun, his brother, died before him About uh, two years before him And then uh, Sayyidina Musa died after that and uh, there's, you know, difference of opinion if if he actually entered into uh, Jerusalem uh, before his death or not. But in any case, he had asked that before he died, he had asked Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to allow him to be buried uh, in Jerusalem. So whether he, you know, they crossed over into uh, Jerusalem and he died, or he died before that and it was carried. But nonetheless, he 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 ends up. This wish is is granted, and. He is buried uh, in that area, in Jerusalem And in the hadith of the Isra and maraj The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said when he went to Jerusalem In the night uh, journey And he said when I was there I saw Moses praying uh, by the red sand dune And if you were with me I would have showed him to you So the, even the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Attested to the fact that Sayyidina Musa وسلم, is is uh Is buried there I don't know if, if there is a known grave uh, I forgot to look into that or not, but probably there is. And for Harun, alayhi salam, there's a grave on the on the Jordanian side, before on the Jordanian side of the Jordan River. There's a grave attributed to Sidna Harun, alayhi salam So the main the main figure after Moses in the story of the MBE is is David, but in the in the middle there are all of these other. I don't want to say minor prophets, but there are prophets that we don't know that much about, let us say. They are, you know, from the MBA and people that we respect and love and, and all of that. But there are some of the Mbiya we don't know that much about. So, today we're going to talk about a few of those in sort of uh, rapid s- uh, succession because we just don't know much about them. And then next week, inshallah, we'll pick up with Dawood alayhis So, the first main Nabi... Uh, and all of these, again, are the embryo of Bani Israel Okay, so these are all the Hebrew prophets that are sent to, to the descendants of, of Jacob who, as we said before, his name is Israel Okay, so Bani Israel, they are the people of, of Jacob you know, the descendants of Jacob So the first one is uh, Yusha, who I believe is Samuel Does anyone know if that's, is that right? Yeah? No? Yes? Joshua? Yusha is Joshua That's right, Joshua okay, So the first one is Joshua And he was with uh, Moses So this was a, a Nabi that came At the end of Moses' life He was commissioned <coughs> with the Nabi And he is the one that leads the people of Israel Across the Jordan River into Jerusalem uh, And... He is sort of now the one in charge of the community And one of the things that uh, uh, and He is a descendant of Ishaq So he's also from the prophetic line of Abraham uh, And one of the things that uh, Yusha did Is he organized Bani Israel He organized the tribes a little bit better than they were before uh, so, this is where we get like the 12 tribes of Israel, and at the head of each tribe, you know, he put somebody in charge, and these were also uh, like almost military positions. So, <clears throat> from now until you know, we get to Solomon, essentially There's a lot of threat to the people of Israel You know, there's a lot of fighting And a lot of people want to annihilate them And, you know, they're always the underdog You know, that kind of thing So, they always had to protect themselves So, one of the the ways that they were organized And the head of the tribes and so on and so forth It came from, from, from Joshua Alayhi uh, Salam. And in the story of Joshua One of the things that we learn um, in, From Surah Al-Baqarah is that when they crossed, you know, remember that they had left Pharaoh, they had left this sort of situation in Egypt, uh, we talked about, you know, Moses and all of these signs, and then they crossed the sea, you know, in this, you know, unbelievable, you know, event, and the perishing of, of Pharaoh, who was probably one of the most powerful, you know, humans at this time, and, and they cross and... These are the same people. This is not like several hundred years later. These are the same people, the same generation. So when they come to cross the river into to enter into Jerusalem, Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, He uh, He tells them to enter with humility uh, and to enter uh, humbly, being you know, grateful and thankful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And in the Quran uses this word to use this to say hittah it's in Surah Al-Baqarah Which is like a, a phrase of, of humility And from our own story We know that when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam conquered Mecca We know that he entered into Mecca And the Hadith says it was almost as if he was prostrating on the back of his camel like, So he kind of like, you know, he came in Sallallahu Alaihi very physically, very humbled Because even though he came And we, we talked about the surah for those of you that remember uh, he could have annihilated all of the people of Quraysh I mean there was no it, Like that they would have been taken care of and would, It would have been very easy And no one would have said anything uh, About it Because they came there about a hundred thousand That came from Medina And the people of Mecca they were hiding in their houses Because they knew that they had lost But even despite that upper hand The Prophet ﷺ entered with humility So one of the Ways of the prophets that we learn from Is to show humility in the sign of victory Not to be arrogant in the sign of victory So when something good happens To take that as a sign to do something that's humble Now that could be like I mean, we're not going to be in this situation of course But uh, something from our life Like let's say, you know, you get a bonus So get a bonus Take a little bit out of it No matter how little of it and, And you know, donate it you know, to sadaqah, you know, donate it to the mosque you, you, If it's Ramadan, you feed people in Ramadan You do something that, that shows your, your humility Because that humility acknowledges that this is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So in this situation, they had won this conflict with whoever they were fighting with Militarily, they had won So they were victorious So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, enter with humility but they didn't enter in humility, they entered with arrogance. Now, a lot of times when we read these stories, especially the people of Ben-Israel, a lot of Muslims, they, 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 they say or they think that this means that, that all Jews are like this. Like this is, you know, essential. <coughs> the, the, the Jews did it then, all Jews are like this. And that's not the way we read these stories. We read these stories for what they are. And we're trying to understand That these are archetypes Allah are uh, is telling us a bigger story The bigger story is to show humility With victory Not to essential, to make an essential argument That all these, all Jews are like this All Christians are like that And that's something that's very very important Because the stories of Bani Israel Are the, the majority of the stories of the prophets That we end up talking about And, and because of the modern conflict And Israel and Palestine and Jerusalem And all of that Sometimes we get emotional and and we don't want to let that emotion dictate how we understand the Qur'an and the Sunnah. That's, that's not the right, the right way to go about it. These people, this is what they did. Okay? And then there were other people, like Joshua, who is Jewish in, from that sense, who is one of our MBA. Um, and, and things like that. So, that's just a little, a little side note, just for us to be careful. Anyway, so these people at this time, they did not enter with humility. They entered with arrogance And this was the same people that What they did with Musa Moses, you know, he's like going to the mountain He's going to get this uh, revelation And then he comes back and they're worshipping the, the cow You know, they, they're just not patient enough And because of this They have this cycle Of conflict after conflict after conflict And eventually, even though they establish the temple They lose it And we'll get to that, we'll get to that later So that's Joshua and these ambayad, uh, uh, Like Yusha is not mentioned by name In the Quran but these verses In Surat al-Baqarah they refer They refer, refer to him I think that's pretty self-explanatory Okay And then the next one is Ilyas And Ilyas Was also From the family of the Hebrew Prophets And but his task was a little bit more specific. His task was to go to a people that were like in the what we refer to now as Syria, if if we can still refer to a place called Syria, inshallah. And these people were worshipped an idol called Baal, and he was sent to attack. Not attack. That's the wrong word. He was sent to confront these people and to give them this message and to uh, uh, you know call them to. To Tawheed of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and as we we, tra- we talked about before, uh, usually in this situation, the people become very um, uh, fierce in their opposition to the message. They don't they don't want to undo the way that they've been doing things, so they fight him. So things get really tough. So he just hides. He like finds like a like a cave almost, and he just hides in the cave. And he's like, I'm just going to wait it out. Because he knows that the deployment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is gonna come. And there are some hadith and there are some positions within the family of, of Islamic scholarship that say that in US is like Sayyidina al-Khidr salam, that we talked about with, in the story of Moses, that he never that he did not die, that he is still alive, that he hid from the people and whatever happened to the people They destroyed, whatever happened, that he kept on living. So him. And al-Khidr are the ones that are alive on earth until the end of uh And Christ and Idris are the ones that were risen, uh, did not die but were risen. And you know, these things, you, know, you, you just take them as they are. Whether uh, it's true or it's not true, neither adds nor subtracts to our... Uh, to our faith and to our core creed. But there are some texts, even though they're daif, there's some weakness in them that mentions that Ilyas uh, has, you know, will will continue living. Next is Alyasa, who is the cousin of Ilyas, and because Ilyas was, uh, his people fought against him and he hid, and whether he died or, or he kept on living, uh, And Yasa took his place And he became the Nabi for those people So part of that question About what do we think about other religions This is a a point that we remind ourselves That all of these Ambiya That we are talking about They are all sent to a certain group of people In a certain geography At a certain time Whereas the message of the Prophet Muhammad Is beyond that Is transcended beyond time and place so, if you were living in uh, Europe at this time, then Moses was not necessarily your prophet. I'm just making this up so you can understand because you're not there. You're not. You're not there. You're not of those people. But Moses, was sent to those people. Yusha was sent to those people. And Yasa, and Yasa, and Yasa. Even though there were Hebrew prophets, they were sent to another people in the same kind of region that we talk about now, the Levant, but a different area. Not, not the Jordan, uh, Jerusalem, Palestine area, but the Syrian area, what we call today. So on and so forth. So, you have to also understand that uh, we don't know all of the NBA. We don't know who was who sent at this time to other places, where they sent, where they not. You know, is there a prophet that was sent to the Native Americans? Was Buddha a prophet? Was Confucius a prophet? We don't know these things. But, we also know that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has not left a community except that he has sent this message. Which is why when you study religions, religions of the world, you start to see that they are all there's a lot of similarities. Why are they similar? Well because at some point in the history of humankind, there these messages were given and the message is very simple, you know, la ilaha illallah. Very simple. Allah makes things very simple for us. Anything that's Allah related is actually very easy. Everything that's human related we complicated. But a lot of the message is, Allah, 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 that's it. Just go on living your life, but just worship Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. You owe this Creator something. This something is the ibadah. That's it. Whether it's praying or fasting or alms or, you know, usually they take this form. There's some sort of prayer, there's some sort of fasting, and there's some sort of you got to give to the ICCP of that community. And that's it. It's very easy. Everything else that is complicated always comes from us. so, that's another thing that we, we, we think of Is that a lot of these religions Are are very um, contingent on that time and that place And then the last prophet Before the story of Dawood السلام, Is uh, Samuel Or Shamil uh, And he is the one that is referred to In Surah Al-Baqarah In which the people of Bani Israel They say it's called They told their Prophet, meaning Shamun, send us a king to rule over us so we can fight in the way of Allah So uh Shamil says to them, Why why are you asking for something that if, if if it's given to you, now you're gonna have to abide by that? Because if you have a king and the king is gonna organize the tribes and the army and say you have to go fight and you don't fight, then you're going to have committed some sin They say, no, this is what we want So what is he saying? He says إِنَّ talut So Allah has sent for you Talut <coughs> To be the king So the first thing they say is Why do you send him? You know, he has no money And he has no uh, wealth And you know, he, he's not kingly We want a real king And he says, no, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him Allah has given him extra his intellect and he's physically strong, so he is now the king. And again, because of this original transgression with Moses, and then and not entering into Jerusalem, you know, peacefully. There's all this this conflict at this you know at this time. They're fighting all of these people. So, uh, what does Talut say? Talut says. Oh, and then uh, Samuel says to him, and Allah has given him another sign. But now you have the Ark, a tabut. We this. did we talk about the Ark? I think I made the Indiana Jones uh, re- reference. right? Yeah. So this is the tabut, the Ark of the Covenant. And this comes back to Ethiopia. We'll come back to that. It's all related, you see. It's all related. That the, the Ark of the Covenant... Not Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford, but the real Ark of the Covenant. I know that, that dates me, but still, the Ark of the Covenant had in it, it was either some kind of bowl or some kind of box or something that had in it the original Torah that was given to Moses. It had like Moses' staff, it had uh, maybe like some of the manna, the Menna, and selah, it had these, these original things. And Bani Israel, they kept these things. Obviously, if you had the actual Torah of Moses, you would you know you would keep it. And they used this and they would march with it in battle, and this is where we would give them victory, and then in the in the chaos of life, they lost it. So Samuel says one of the signs that Allah has given Tamut, not only has He made him intelligent, not only has He made him strong, but He also He found the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? في بقية من آل موسى وآل the Quran says it has the remains not the the remains but the the things the swag of Moses and Aaron and the angels carry it. so now there's no arguing. Why? Right? Allah says this in the Qur'an Because now they can't argue Because this is like the real doer the real, the real thing The real Torah The real Ten Commandments This is like Moses Alayhi Harun Alayhi Has come back <coughs> So now This is a sign of his Of his kingship But before we continue What does this have to do with Ethiopia? Is that there is a A Christian community In Ethiopia That claims that they are guarding The original Ark of the Covenant Right? Is this true? Is this Is true? How did the Ark of the Covenant get from from Jerusalem to Ethiopia? That's another story. But they claim that one of the tribes, uh, the 12 or the 13, whatever the tribes, migrated south. And there are genetic tests and studies that have been done on some of the uh, Jewish communities in Africa and some of the Orthodox Christian communities in Africa. And they have found that they have more DNA markers Uh, More uh, Jewish DNA markers Than many of the Jews that live in Israel today So genetically They are more alike Than uh, Ashkenazi Jews For example And I told you I think when we talked about Moses That Moses was dark Moses was dark like Almost like we would say Almost like black African dark He was dark skinned And I guess you would assume that Harun His brother would also be, be dark So there's the Ark of the Covenant in Ethiopia, but no one can see it. But there is a festival. I think where they make a replica of it and they and they march it. They march it, right? Is this an Addis or is this somewhere else? It's an Addis So if you guys want to go really see, we can do a whole field trip around the world based on this uh, Qisas and Anbiya We can travel around the world, and a Muslim can take us to Sri Lanka to see the footprint of Adam. We'll start there in Sri Lanka. And then we go to Addis And all of these uh, Take you to Egypt And we see the, the mummy of Fir'aun Who they say this is Fir'aun Allah says We will let your body survive To Fir'aun as he's being killed So in the Cairo Museum We have several mummies And they always say This is the mummy This is the Fir'aun of Who knows Adam, But it makes a great story So coming back So Samuel is saying Talut is now your malik Your king Allah has given him intellect Allah has given him strength He's organized the army and now he has the Ark of the Covenant. And this is a very beautiful lesson, this this story. So, what does Talut say? This, that's all we get from Samuel. But what does Talut say? Talut says, Allah is testing you now with this river. Maybe it's the River Jordan or whatever. Whoever drinks from the river is not from me. And whoever does not drink from it except what his you know, like hands can bring up to drink, then he is with me. So he like, this is a test, a test of loyalty, a test of faith. The army is marching, it's desert, it's hot. And he's saying, Allah's testing you. If you drink from it, you're not going to be able to hang with the army. You're going to have to stay behind. But if you only have a little bit, then you'll, you'll make the, the crossing. So most of them drank from it, except a few. So now he's been put as the head of this community, the like military head is the king. They don't like him, and then he's marching with them, and then he loses most of the army because they're not loyal. Only a few drink from uh, from the river. Who was Talut going to fight? Goliath, Jalut okay so this is where the story of David and Goliath comes from so they cross the river most of the people don't listen they all you know, fill up their canteens or whatever of water so he says you, you failed the test you're not coming with us only a few are going to come and then even though there's a few that pass with him most of those that pass with him that are only to start out with a few of the of the whole army only most of the few they start freaking out they're like, how are we going to face Goliath and his people? And we are a few. And this is that beautiful verse when, when he says to them, and he reminds them how many a small group can beat and become victorious over a large group by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is where David. Who is at this Allah who's at this stage, a young boy slays Goliath. How does David slay Goliath? With the what? With a slingshot. Right? So David and this is like the story, right? This is the story of, of uh, it's a it's another archetype that the David David can slay Goliath. That Goliath is this ginormous, you know, huge person. You know, that's physically fit That, you know, you know, can do all this physical feet And David is a child, he's just a kid Maybe he's like uh, 12, 13 years old But David uses his intellect He uses the stratagem And he, he, he brings down the Goliath with the slingshot We'll talk about you know, David, inshallah Next week in, in, greater, <coughs> in greater detail This is the story of Samuel But there's a couple of things worth pausing um, This story of the river this is not just the story of, of um, a test for those people. It's also a reminder for us. Life itself is the test. Life itself is the river. If you immerse yourself in this river, you're not going to make it. But if you take from the river what you need, you will make it. This is the lesson. In life, in the game of life, in the play of life There's no end to what you can Take from life There's no end there's no, there's no end to how many things You can get, to how many things you can do To how many places you can go There's no end And this is why Allah says This amassing of things Is going to uh, Take you away from your from your goal Hatta al-maqabir. Until you enter into the grave So this it's not saying, don't live your life. Because talmud tells the people, you can drink from it, but only as much as you need. As much as your two hands can, can gather. If you think of life that same way, that I'm going to take from this life that which I need, you will be happy. You will be satisfied, inshallah, and you will be successful in this life and in the hereafter. But if you see the river and you just, you know strip down and jump in it and just play around, you're not going to make it to the other side. And that's what happened to the majority of people that weren't able to make it. So don't drown in the sea of life or in the river of life. This, this verse is very, very uh, important. And it's um, even though Ramadan is a few months away, it's, it's, one of the, uh, it's one of the thoughts to keep in the back of our mind as we approach Ramadan. As we prepare for Ramadan this, And that's what Ramadan also teaches us Like, you survive, right? You survive the fast, you survive the month And you feel great at the end of the month Even though it's hot and it's, you know You have school and you have work and, and the days are long and things like that But you make it So so that means that I don't have to have All these meals all the time I can survive, I'm not going to die That's what Allah is trying to teach you, you can do it It's the same thing in life Everything, if you think about it this way and you And you... Uh, domesticate yourself to only take that which you absolutely need, you'll be lighter, you'll be happier, you'll be more successful. And that's the, the story of, of Samuel uh, and David and, and Goliath. Or, or really Samuel and Talut and crossing the river. It's in Al Baqarah. It's worth reading these verses. Uh, it's very beautiful. Allah is testing you with the river. Our test is the river of life. Inshallah we pass it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, pause verbs because David is, it, it, we won't be able to to do justice uh now. We'll have to do that next week inshaAllah. But are there any questions? Okay. Wallahu ta'ala ala wa